Rabbi Sai, a good morning, a guten Erev Shabbos, ah, Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Parshas Pinchas, Tovshin Pei Gimel, Erev Shabbos Kodesh, where we're holding in the middle of the the dry Vachin, there's three weeks, we just had uh, yesterday Shavasa Batamuz, and um, we fasted, and we began the process of reminding ourselves of the different things which happened during this time period, which we'll mention a little bit later, the five things that happened on Shiraz Batamas, one of them being the breaching of the wall of the old city. And uh, we begin to have the process of trying to understand better what we're missing and what we have to try to strive for. I myself want to mention that the Rebetzin and I were in the States, and we had a very, very fruitful and a very, very long, as you can hear in my voice, a very long and arduous trip. I think I mentioned it last week where we were. We traveled from Eretz Israel to the West Coast directly, and we spent time in Los Angeles. And we had great, great nachas from seeing Talmidim and seeing Talmidim's families. And then we flew to the East Coast, and we were to have... Again, a Shabbaton, and to have chasnas, and to have brisim, and to have the wonderful mitzvah of being the kind of mitzvah of kibbut aim, to be able to see my dear mother and to see family, and uh, all. What can we say to be thankful to Kadosh Baruch Hu, as you can hear in my voice? We are still getting over the jet lag, and it's taken its toll upon us. But all we can say is that we're happy to be back in Eretz Yisrael. And we're thankful to Kaddish Baruch that he allowed us our trip and that um, we should only hear from good things. When we returned to Eretz Yisrael, we landed on Monday as the left uh, political divide here in Eretz Yisrael continues to demonstrate against the government. We landed in the middle of a, of a big Havgana, a big demonstration. <clears throat> And we saw clearly that there's a lot of divisiveness <coughs> in our camp here in Eretz Yisrael. And um, it took us a long time to get out of the airport. And then when we landed, you know, you, you're you in the States, so you don't necessarily follow the news as you would follow it in Eretz Yisrael. But unfortunately, there's been a string of horrific, horrific terrorist attacks with both soldiers from the Israeli Defense Forces that were killed, Pekidosh Hashem, defending the state of Israel, defending us, and civilians were being shot at. Everyone knows about this, but we sometimes we lose sight of the fact that the bloodshed that takes place in this land is really continuous. And this is all a message. We have to realize the message for sure, number one, is we see that the anti-Semitism continues. I heard a report that uh, one of the BBC reporters interviewed the former uh, Prime Minister of Israel, Bennett, and she accused him of um, Israeli Defense Force killing children, killing children because they went into Janin and they killed a 17-year-old, which is defined by the UN as being a, being a, a minor. Uh, these are Ratzchim, these are terrorists, these are Reitfim, and you cannot come up with some sort of line like that. But it just shows how far we are removed from the, um, from the lexicon of what the world considers to be 
fair play. But we realize that there's no fair play. The ace of son of Yaakov and Yishmael rears up its, its continuously is rearing up its, its, its ugly head against us. So what can we say? We could either, we could just say, well, this is just the derech of where we're living in Eretz Yisrael and throw up our hands and try to look for Eitzes in, in the physical planet. Or we can try to understand that Kodesh Baruch Hu is speaking to us and what does HaKadosh Baruch Hu want from us? We just finished the Tainas of, of Shiva Sivatamus, and we know the famous Rambam, when the Rambam writes in Hilchus Tainas that, the, that these are all, these days are days of Tzaras, and what, what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants from us is that when a Tzara comes upon Klai Yisrael, we should call out to him, and we should realize that HaKadosh Baruch Hu the events that took place, why there were destruction of the base of Middush, and why every single act that happens is really because of our deeds, our Avonaseichem, they cause us to have the Yitzharis. But he says if a person doesn't cry out and doesn't change his ways and just says, this is just a mikra, that is a cruelty, that's cruelty. It allows us just to continue to cling to the bad ways, the Taisif and that's going to lead to more tsaras. As the Pasik says in the Torah Imi by the Kalalas, it says when we will go in the ways of Kerry, which means where it's just a mikra, it's just a happenstance, things just happen, just happens to be that there are Arabs that hate us, then also go Kerry. And he will bring more tsaras upon us. But if we will take the message and heed the message, and we will try our best to be ma'orah, and I think that's really what we try to do, and what we have to try our utmost to extend ourselves. So the first message of the podcast is, is that the time that we're in and the events that are taking place, they should really uh, arouse us to the darche hatshuva. And it's very, very hard to say, what a person should do. The simple understanding is every single person has to take an accounting of what he can do better. And if we can't do everything better in one shot, but at least we should try to begin the process. But, um, and that's the first thing. I did see that, I, I listening yesterday to a shir by Rev Zilberstein, Shlita, the son-in-law of Rev Yashiv, the brother-in-law of Rev Chaim, one of the great post the great Rabbanim. And he said that he once went into Rav Steinemann and it was a similar type of situation and he asked Rav Steinemann what is there to do what can be mechazik and he says Zikoy HaRabim is a great asset when a per- whatever a person can do to help out the Tzibor whatever a person can do to bring people closer to Yiddishkeit whatever a person can do to help the sick to help the poor to help uh, to give tzedakah whatever a person can do for Zikoy HaRabim Zikr Hirabim, helping out the Tzibor, that is a great Eitzah, and I think that that's a, something we should carry with us. I saw a Maiset at the, the Balatanya. In the times of the Balatanya, there was a Yid that had a son that went off the Derech. Off the Derech is not a new thing. Something happened in the past as well. And he asked that the Rebbe should somehow speak to this boy. This boy was a young boy. A young boy wasn't young, young, but you know he was already a young man. And the Rebbe said, tell him to come to me. So this young man came on his on his horse, on his stallion. You know, he he had a, instead of having a Tesla, instead of having what used to be called a Cadillac, 
he had a, like a white stallion, and that's the way he went to the Rebbe. He drove up, and he was wearing his fancy clothes, his fancy riding clothes, and the Balatanya put his head out, and he saw this young man on a horse, and he said to him from the window, he said, what do you need such a horse for? Why can't you get just a regular, a regular horse, you know, a regular, you know, uh, <laughs> what I would call a Chevy horse. Yeah, what do you have to get this Cadillac horse for? So he said, oh, this horse, this horse can run so fast and so quick, can run miles and miles without stopping. It's good, you know, it's, it's EPA is like great. And it can even go into the forest and you know, nothing will stop it. So the, the, the Balatanya said, if it goes into the forest, it can get lost in the forest. So the, the person said, yeah, you can get lost in the forest. But as soon as you find out that you made a mistake, you could return. And with this horse, you could return very, very quickly. If I had an old horse, I wouldn't be able to turn it quickly. So the Balatanya said, and this is what he wanted to, to bring out. He says, yes, if man would be like the horse, instead of, the, instead of acting like a horse, but a man would be like the horse, and would say, oh, when I make a mistake, I could return quickly from the mistake. The main thing is to know that I made a mistake. I'm on a mistaken pattern. And all they do is have to find the right pathway. This is really the message, Rabbi Said. The Rabbi Hashem is speaking to us throughout the generations. And these weeks, Rabbi Hashem is telling us to turn around to find the proper path. I remember many years ago, traveling with the Rebbitson, we were driving upstate, and we ended up making a wrong turn. And before we knew it, 30 minutes later, all of a sudden you wake up and say, you're completely, completely off the path. So what do you have to do? It was before uh, it was before ways and everything else. We had to find a way in the map, how to get back. The main thing was to go back in the right direction. Rabbi said, Rabbi Hashem wants us, and Rabbi Hashem is calling out to us in these days, in these days of the drive off and the days of three weeks, to return to our proper path. Before we start speaking about Parshas Pinchas, which I think is going to get the most chizik, but I wanted to say over a mice that I heard this week, I was to go be as I got back, my downstairs neighbor lost her brother, Mrs. Burstein, and I was in the by the, by her, together with our neighbor of Label, Shibigusunstark, and then I went, there's a neighbor of ours here, a Bruven Axelrat Shlita, it's a great Talmud Chacham, a Talmud from Rabbi Aaron Cutler, and he lost an old he lost a, an older sister, and when I was there, there was very few, few people there, and myself and an Einukol of Rabbi Shlomo Arbach were there, who's the Rav of Ashul, a very prominent Talmud Chacham, and Rav Axelrad was saying over a Maisa. I want to say over the story, because I think the story depicts when we speak about Mikra to recognize there's nothing that's Mikra. Hakadosh Baruch is involved in everything. And we should use this Misa, which is such an unbelievable story, to recognize how everything is really in the hands of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I'm going to try to make it Bekitzer. But in the early 1900s, the Ayid was in Europe and Russia, and he was about to be drafted by the Tsar, by the Russian army. He decided to leave, and he left, and he was somehow didn't have any money, and he traveled over different countries by foot, and he finally got to Hamburg, Germany, and he snuck on a boat, and he ended up in Halifax, Canada. This was the great uncle of Rebruven Axelrod, the great uncle. And he ended up coming to Canada, and then when he got to Halifax, he didn't stay there. He kept on going west. He wanted to get as far away from the Tsar, the Tsar, as he could possibly get. 
and he finally got to the western part of Canada, to a small town in Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan. <laughs> Just saying that word gives me a, you know, it's a, it's a hard word to say. And he, there were a few Yidden in that town, and he ended up living in that town, in Canada. Now, he had a nephew. The nephew was Reuven Axelrod's eventual father. He was a single boy, and he wanted to go visit his uncle in Canada, and he got to visit his uncle in Canada in the 1920s. And he came there in 1921, 1922, and he ended up going to this small town in Saskatchewan. And he visited his uncle, and while he was there for a while, there for a few weeks, a month or two, he saw an ad in the paper, and the ad in the paper says, this Canadian government says that anyone that wants to have citizenship, even if you're just visiting in Canada at the time, you have a right to become a Canadian citizen, which meant he could become a Canadian citizen. But there was one condition. The condition was that he has to take out, he has to get the citizenship, and he has to get a Canadian passport. But when you get the Canadian citizenship in such a fashion, every five years you have to come back to Canada and you have to renew your citizenship and renew your passport. He did it. He thought it was a good idea. He became a Canadian citizen. And then he went back to where he lived in Riga, which was in Latvia. Eventually got married. Eventually had two children. And he would travel every five years. He would come back and he would visit his uncle. In 1938... He was already married. He had two children. He came to Canada, and he ended up coming for a while to Toronto. And there he met Rib Yaakov Kamenetsky Zetzel. Listen to this story. This was about before the beginning of World War II. His, he had a wife, and he had two children in, in Riga. And one day, Rib Yaakov called him, and another person who was in a similar situation, said, I want you to come to my house. And he said to them, Listen, you're both Canadian citizens. They were planning on going back. To, he said, you have to go back. You have to get your family. You have to get them out of Europe. There's going to be a war. And I'm telling you, the war is going to be horrible. Rabbi Yaakov was able to see things clearly with his Chachmas And he said, I want you to promise me you're going to take your families and you're going to come back. And he made them make a tkis kaf. He made them shake his hand, which is a halach of a kinyan. Misha Parah, a person makes a tkis kaf. And they both shook on it. And then this person and the other person also, the main thing is, this father of Ibruven Axelrod Shalita went back to Riga. And when he got back, he told his wife, you know, we have to make plans to leave. And his wife said, nah, it's not too bad. And his wife said, we can't go to Canada, to America, there's no chinuch over there. And she kept on pushing it off. For two years, she pushed it off. During those two years, if I'm not mistaken, she had other children. She ended up having four children, if I'm not mistaken. One of them was Ruven Axelrod, who was born in the 1940s in Riga. And eventually, the husband said that the war was coming more imminent, and he said, we have to get out. So she said, I'm not willing to go to the trade for Medina unless a God will be Israel, will, 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 will tell me I should do it. They had a relationship with a nephew of Rebbe Hanan Wasserman, who lived in Riga, and they asked him to write a letter to Rebbe Hanan. Rebbe Hanan was still alive before he was killed on Pekidus Hashem, they wrote a letter to Rabbi Hanan, and Rabbi Hanan wrote back, and he said, he wrote in Yiddish to the wife, that I want to tell you that I was in America, and there are Yidin there, that there are Maishu Nefesh for their children, but it's possible to bring them up, and they should remain from, and they shouldn't assimilate and become part of the melting pot. And I, I advise that you should go to, to Canada. And that's what they did. They picked themselves up. Somehow they got out, because they had Canadian citizenship, they ended up coming to America. Rabbi Sai, they came to Canada. 
And eventually, this Rabbi Renaxer ended up learning by Rabbi Aaron and Lakewood, and he's a Rosh Kailan, a big Talmud Chacham involved in Chinuch, and he had a family, and his wife, excuse me, his sister, uh, passed away, was married to Rabbi Zundel Berman's brother, Rabbi Moshe Berman's lived in Bar Park, also bringing up a wonderful family. Rabbi said, listen to Rashkacha Pratius. A man left Europe and ended up in Saskatchewan. A nephew came to visit him and saw an ad in the paper. Took out citizenship, got married, eventually met Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, when they, and eventually was able to get out his whole family, and that whole family lived and have Ashkocha Pratius. Rabbi Sai, if a person doesn't believe in the Ashkocha Pratius, the Rabbanusim is in charge. The Rabbanusim is running the world. But I have to know that there's no Mikra. Everything is in the hands of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And when we see events that are taking place, we have to arouse ourselves, like the Rambam says, we have to realize these are messages from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and we're living in a time that we have to exert, exhort ourselves to be the best that we can possibly be. In this week's parasha, we meet up with Pinchas. Pinchas is the classical textbook of what it is to be a Kanoi, what it is to be a Zealot. I said a few weeks ago that, you know, Kairach was the person, he was the textbook of being a, the typical, the art, as I used to say, the art of making machlekes. Pinchas is the parasha, in last week's parasha we already met him as he kills Zimri, this week's parasha we meet him again, and Pinchas ben Allah ben Aaron HaKoyin. So what can we learn from him, and what lessons can we glean from what it means to be a Kanoi? The first thing is what my father, Allah Shalom, used to say, the Yichus, it's mentioned in the parish of Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aaron Akayan, who was Aaron Akayan, Oyev Shalom, Raydev Shalom, Oyev Asabiyus Makarvim Lutaira. You want to be a good Kanoi, you have to know that you have to love peace. The real Kanoim, they're people that they love peace. They don't do it because they have some uh, personal uh, debt that they're trying to get out. They're only being Makane because that's the last resort. That can possibly happen. But they do it out of great love for, for HaKadosh Baruch Hu and great love for the Jewish people. I, just to go on the side, you know, the left, as I call them, anarchists who are against the government, and I think the Afghanis are crazy and terrible, and I, I got a bird's eye view of it. You see, they, they, they lose themselves completely. There's no self-control. They'll burn, they'll destroy. And even though you might say, well... I saw many, many people uh, from Mayor Sharm doing the same thing. I have to tell you, no re- legitimate Godel ever gave Rishus for people to burn and to destroy. Rav Shach Zetzal, all the Godel always used to say not to go out into Mimavkin, and for sure no one has permission to throw stones, no one has permission to destroy people's property, no one has permission to stop other people from getting to where they have to get to, pregnant women getting to the hospital to give birth, people that are ill, ambulances, because the sake of Havganas, it's not a right. It's a right to demonstrate. Demonstrate. In our world, in the world of the Torah, there was a big demonstration many, many years ago. Rabbi Aaron said, not Afghana. It's a tefillah. We gather together and we cry out to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Pinchas, he had the Midas HaShalom. And the stipler says an unbelievable thing to add on to this. He says, the, the, the Pasuk says that the Rabbani Shalom hidden in the Bris of Shalom. Because Baruch gives him the Bris of Shalom. Why does he have to give him the Bris of Shalom? Because when a person becomes a Kanoi, 
the Kanoya sometimes lends itself to doing things which are out of the program of the way a Ben Torah and a Ben Yisrael and a Ben Yehudi should act. And it's possible that he's going to lose his yichus of his midas hashalom. So therefore, over here, the Rebbe Hashem said, I promised Pinchas, who did something purely for the act of the sake of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu says he will still have within him the mitzvah of shalom. That's a gewaltige gewaltige insight. <coughs> and that's really the balance. The balance is knowing <coughs> when to use the midas hakanoyas, and this is the art, and when to remain with the midas hashalom. I remember seeing the great Rabbi Amram Bloy, who was the founder of the Notori Karta, but he would go out on Shabbos, I remember him going out on Shabbos as an older person, and people were holding his hands, and he would just scream with all of his might. He wouldn't throw stones. He would say, Shabbos, 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 Kodesh. It meant so much to him, the Shabbos. That's permitted. A person was admitted to go out and to protest. And today also, if the leftists want to go be Mavkin, you can go protest. <coughs> but how you protest, and what you do to remember it, always to keep it within the framework of the Midas HaSholem. The Medrash says that Pinchas bedin hu The truth is that he deserves to get schar minadin. And everyone asks, what does it mean minadin? Uh, every person that does a mitzvah deserves to get schar. So I saw two pshatim, one b'shem the stipler, and one b'shem rebelli baruch finkel, and I saw it also in the name of his Rebbe, Reb Shmuel Brzezovsky. Ah, two gewaldike insights into why there is a specific halacha here. According to the law, you should get the schar. Why? So the stipler brings down that the Gemara and Kedushin says that mitzvahs ben adam la we don't get schar in olam hazeh. You only get schar in the world to come. But mitzvahs ben adam la so it says, you'll eat the peyrus in this world. So therefore, Pinchas, we know, he did a mitzvah ben Adam Lamakam. He killed the Aramis. He killed Zimri ben Salu. So he should only get reward in the world to come. He shouldn't get reward in this world. Ah, but since it says, that he returned the anger that HaKadosh Baruch had on Klai Yisrael, because if Klai Yisrael would have continued along in this path, and they would have followed Zimri ben Sola's way, which is what he tried to do, and this was the original Eitzah of Bilam, then Einachanami, Klai Yisrael himself, would have been Kilisi, they would have been destroyed. So therefore, he did a mitzvah ben Adam Lachavera also. Ah, since he did a mitzvah ben Adam Lachavera, bedinu sheyitos chare, because if you do a mitzvah ben Adam Lachavera, then Eichel Perseum ba'olam hazeh. Rebelli Baruch says a different pshat, also a gewaldike pshat. He brings down the Orachayim HaKadosh and Devarim seems to say that what's the reason why mitzvahs, you don't get schar on this world? So the answer is because the tainug of a mitzvah is so great, it's so amiti, it's so nifladik, it's so wondrous that when a person does a mitzvah, it's a pittance to think about anything else in respect to the fact that I have such a tiny gamiti, I'm close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So therefore, there's no reason to get schar. Schar is just not part of the lexicon. Like the muscle, I would say, is, you know, you get a, a, a badge of honor from the President of the United States, or you got a badge from the king for saving the king's uh, life, and they'll decide to give you, uh, you know, a free, uh, a free lollipop, or a free popsicle, or a free ice cream. 
Yeah, that's a bizarre. Because the person says, I got such hanah from saving the melech. I got such hanah from doing something for the service, which is the highest accolade that a person can have. So therefore, that's the reason why mitzvahs, you don't get star of this world. But he says, that's dafka by regular mitzvahs. Regular mitzvahs. So therefore, the, the mitzvah itself is the reward. The mitzvah itself, the timing of the mitzvah is so great. But over here, by kinah, well, what does a person have to do? A person has to be kanoyim poigim, but you have to kill a person. And a Jewish person cannot have any simcha when he kills another person, even if he's doing it l'shem shamayim. Pinchas did not feel good in a sense of, I did something which I should be happy about. It wasn't the tainug of a regular mitzvah. He didn't feel good about it. That's why it says, Halacha ve'en marinkein. It's halacha which we're not marinkein because it's not something which is the normal. So over here, the only reason why he get the, gets the reward is because the Rebbe Shalom says, you did it, l'shem shamayim, did it purely l'shem shamayim, b'dinu Because here, since you didn't get the reward from the mitzvah itself, so therefore you're going to get the mitzvah because you're makayim the mitzvah of kanoim pagimbay in order to save Kla Yisrael. Ah, gevaldik. Rabbi, you want to add on to this, the Yaduadik of what I've said in previous years from the Vilna Gain. The Vilna Gain says that the word machzis, which we find in machzis, a shekel, you have the tzaddik in the middle, and you have the ches and the yud right next to the tzaddik, because the tzedakah is tatsami mavis. Tzedakah removes you from mavis and it brings you chayim. So the yud and the ches are the middle words next to the tzaddik, and the mem and the tuf, which stands for mace, are at the end. Because tzedakah is tatzim and mavis. It removes the mem from the tuf. It separates it. Therefore, there's no misa. And it brings in chayim. It brings in life. On the other hand, listen to this. So, this is what Pinchas did. And it says, Pinchas says, Heshiv es chamasi. He returned the chamas. What do we find by chamasi? Chamasi, you have the ches and the yud at the end. And the mem and the taf are, in, are connected to each other. Since there was no tzedakah before Pinchas, so therefore there was no separation, so the misa was together, and therefore it would have, been a, would have, would have brought uh, death to Klal Yisrael Chasur Shalom. And that's what the Pasik says, that the, the Rebbe says that, that Pinchas was Heshir as Hamasi. He removed the Hamasi through the tzedakah that he did. I saw brought down that the Rav Diskin Shlita brings down that really it's rumors in a Pusik in Tehillim. The Pusik says, Vayifalel Pinchas, that Pinchas was Maisa Nefesh for the Indian of Tzedakah, and he, um, he, he brought Tzedakah into the world. The Pusik says, Vayamad Pinchas, Vayifalel Vatamad, Vatamad, he stood up and that was considered tzedakah l'dor v'dor. Ayyadeh Pinchas is standing up and doing the mitzvah of tzedakah, which was removing zimri. So that brought out, took away the chamasi and it brought chayim into the world. Ah! Rabbi Yisai, we're in three weeks. We're in the parish of Churban Habayas. We're in the parish of Kaisal Maravi. We're in the parish of understanding that we're missing out on the fact that the Beis Hamikdash is destroyed. It's something that's far removed from us. 
but we have to try to keep in our minds when we're davening, especially to have more of a connection to yearn for the Beis Hamikdash. So Gavaldik Amaisa, the Rav Sternbach Shlita says that he heard it personally from Rav Pardis, who went to visit the Chafetz Chaim. Rav Pardis was he lived in America and he came to Raden, and he met the Chafetz Chaim. When he met the Chafetz Chaim, they introduced him as a Yid from America. So they say the Chafetz Chaim literally he his face began to shine. Ah, a Yid from America, a Yid from America. So Pyrus was like, you know, like uh, he was like ecstatic, you know, like, wow, getting such COVID. But then the Chavetz Chaim said to him, he says, in America, is a glebe in the Mashiach? In America, do they believe in Mashiach? So Pyrus was a very, very emistic Yid. He wasn't sure the answer he should give. You know, he wants to say the truth. Not everyone is doing it. On the other hand, maybe they are Yidin that, that do believe that they're Mechakele B'chol Yim but he saw that the Chavetz Chaim wanted him to answer. So he said, Rebbe, in, in, in America, they're Mitzapel and Mashiach. So the Chavetz Chaim Mamish became ecstatic. And he said, Rebbeinu Shalom, Bishlam us living in Poland, where everyone is poor, and we're surrounded by pogroms, and the farmers don't have enough to eat, and Yidin or Mamish downtrodden. So for sure, people that are chakalay b'chayim shiyavay, we can't wait for Mashiach to come and to give us Yeshuas and Rafuas and all the things that we need. But in America, the golden Medina, people living on, uh, you know, people living on 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 Fifth Avenue, and there's no pogroms. People have everything that they need. Rabbi Sai was in America now, and this is not a complaint. It's just a reality check. The stores, the food, everything that's there, and. We get used to it. And we think that this is the way it's always been and it hasn't always been like this. And I'm not trying to say, you know, we had a toimeha on Erev Shabbos by Ribbalan Jenny and it was Gavaldic. But, you know, here in Eretz Yisrael, we don't necessarily have that. But, but we want to understand that Rabbanisham gives it to us. We have to understand we, we have to deserve it. And we have to understand what it's all about. So we now also have to say, we have to understand that Chafetz Chaim said, Ah, Rabbeinu Shalom, if Yidin in America are also believing in Mashiach, then we can dive into you and say to Rabbeinu Shalom, if such Yidin are still holding out for Mashiach, then for sure you should bring Mashiach. Rabbi Sai, the this is really what we have to say. We have to mechazik in Shabbos. We have to mechazik in Beis HaMikdash. We have to mechazik in Hin and Yisra and Brisi Shalom. To understand, Kanois is something that you have to have a balance about. And in these days... I must mention that I saw when I came back that last week was the yard site of a great Yid, Rabbi Yeshua Neuvert, Rabbi Neuvert Zatzal, who was the Mechaber of the Shmir Shabbos Gehilchus HaSefer, which is an unbelievable Sefer. And he himself survived the Holocaust. Him and his family, they were hiding in Holland, and they hid for three years in a room. And what did they have? Him and his father, and I think his brother, they had a Kitzah Shulchanoruch and a Mishnabruah Chela Gimel. And that Sefer, they learned, those from they learned over many, many times. And that became a mantra by him. Shabbos. And eventually when he got out and he came to Eretz Yisrael and he went by Rabbi Zalman, can you imagine for three years you're in a, a room and he didn't even go to the window. I don't even know how a person could live like that. No fresh air. The window once in a while. But they learned through the Mishnah And eventually he decided how important Shabbos was. 
And there's so many stories about how Shabbos meant so much to him, and he would be mechazik at the Indian of Shabbos. I just think that this Shabbos Kaidish coming in, Parshas Pinchas, we should be mechazik in the Indian of Shabbos Kaidish, be, be mechazik in the Indian of thinking about what HaKadosh Baruch Hu is asking from us in these days. We should daven that every single member of Klai should be safe. All of those that need Yeshua's and Refuas should have them. And the Rebbeinu we should recognize everything is Ashkocha Pratius. Kodesh Baruch is watching over us, just like he watched over Yidin in Europe. He watched over Yidin in America. He watched over Yidin in Eretz Yisrael. And we should pray that Kodesh Baruch should build the base of Mignesh, Meherav Yameinu, we should be Zeichah, to the coming of Mashiach Tzidkenu, wishing everyone a wonderful Good Shabbos. Thank you very much for listening. We want to thank jfoundations.com. If you could sponsor any of our activities, it would be another way of addressing and being able to give over Torah to other people. Go on the website and show your support. Thank you very much for joining us.